Welcome to Series 5 of Behind Closed Doors podcast series. Hello, I'm Donnie Walford, the Founder and Managing Director of Behind Closed Doors. In today's episode, we are speaking with Dr. Jana Matthews. Jana is an international expert on entrepreneurial leadership and business growth. She has served on seven boards and founded five companies of her own in the USA. She was recruited to the original senior team of the Kaufman Foundation Center for Entrepreneurial Leadership, where she was the architect of highly successful programs designed to teach CEOs and their executive teams how to lead and manage growth. She is now Professor, ANZ Chair in Business Growth and Director of the Australian Centre for Business Growth and Growth Expert. Jana Matthews, I have been looking forward to this podcast for such a long time. I'm very privileged to be able to speak with you today and I know our listeners will be really excited to hear everything you've got to share with us. So first of all, you've had a very successful career from completing a doctorate in management and planning at the Harvard University, also to CEO of your own company, which was called the Jana Matthews Group. And now you're achieving great success in your current roles as the ANZ Chair in Business Growth, Professor and Director of UniSA's Australian Centre for Business Growth. Please tell our listeners how you and your team have helped support CEOs and managing directors and executives of small and medium-sized businesses around the country to identify and address issues that are inhibiting their own business growth. That's a very long question, Donnie Wolfert. It is, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so how we help companies is to help them identify what's getting in the way of growth because if you don't understand what the problems are, then you don't understand how to solve them. So we first try to help them understand what's going on in terms of what happens during growth and help them normalize what's happening to them versus what happens to everybody else. And they can say, oh, it's like the children. It's the terrible twos. That's what we're going through. Or, oh, yikes, I'm very different. That's not what's happening to me. Oh, I better look at what's going on. Maybe I do have you know, the equivalent of cancer or something like that. So we help them identify what's going on in the company, and then we help them identify what's going on in their own leadership. And often we find that the problems are that they are not changing the leadership style and understanding what the roles are as the company grows, that they're continuing in the original role, which is, I have to do it all. I have to make all the decisions. Everything has to go through me, and I have to be across everything. And that's what leadership is all about. And in the beginning, that is what it's all about. But over time, if you keep doing that, you will not only choke off the growth of the company, but you will die because you cannot keep doing everything and more more. And it'd be hard to retain people as well because if they don't feel that they're valued and needed because the CEO or the founder is doing all the work, they tend to leave and find other challenges in other organizations. Or you choose people who are yes, whatever you want people. And that's not the kind of people you need to grow. I mean, there are people who will say, oh, I'll do whatever Donnie tells me. I don't want the responsibility of making decisions. Just tell me what to do. But they're not the kind of people that help companies grow. So helping the CEO, a business owner, we call them CEO, business owner, managing director, whatever the title is, helping them understand how they need to change, how they need to build a team, what constitutes an executive team, why they need a plan, what's the planning process that they go through, which customers are ideal, which aren't 
how to understand what's going on using what we call the knowledge growth framework. So by the time they come through a one-day program, that's like taking your body to Mayo Clinic in the States where you have a complete checkover. They come away with taking their company to our clinic and get a checkup in terms of how the company's doing and how they're doing as well. That's a good way to think about it is is put your business through a, a comprehensive health check. I like that. So define growth acceleration for our listeners. And is growth acceleration achievable for all businesses? And if not, why not? So obviously acceleration is going faster than you were in the past, but you might have been doing that anyway. I like to think of the word scale up. Scale up is your company is for the past three years or three years in a row, 20% or more growth, usually at least 12 employees, 20% or more growth over a three-year period. That's beginning to scale up. 20% growth over three and a half years or whatever would maybe double, 15% growth, you'd double in five years. That begins to mean that you have to do things differently. You cannot just do it faster, more, do it in the evenings or do it over the weekends. That really requires a different way of thinking and a different way of doing the work. Different people, you're going to need different kinds of people with different skill levels as the company grows. And so is it possible for every company? No, it's not because the leader doesn't want to grow and do the things that are required to grow. Some people love being the center of attention, keeping all the power to themselves, making all those decisions. Other people say, oh my God, this is killing me. How do I delegate? And so we teach them how to do that. And what's interesting, Donnie, is something like almost a quarter of our people have never been to uni. And of those who've been to uni, less than half of them have actually been in a business course. So just because they've been to uni doesn't mean... By any means, they understand how to manage cash flow, working capital, that they understand how to hire people, let alone what to do with the people that they have, and how to have conversations with people who are the wrong people and need to get off the bus, how they understand how to get to customers or markets or marketing. They don't know that. And so in some ways, it's business 101, all of the things that you need to think about in leadership, but also in how to manage and lead people whilst growing your business. That's true. And about 45% of those who come through are family business. So they may have learned something from dad or maybe not. Maybe dad didn't really know bad. Dad just happened to be lucky. It, It usually is dad. Once in a while, it could be mom. So Yes. I think what we do is bring a holistic approach to business, understanding in universities, you'll take a semester course on marketing, on sales, on HR, on finance. We have very much a holistic perspective because as you know, if you're going to hire the person, that depends on whether the revenues come in, which depends on whether Joe sold the product, which depends on whether Susie Q managed the supply chain to get the materials in to make the product so you could sell the product so you have enough money to hire the person. And that's what you're going through every day as a company owner. That's how your mind works, not in nice little silos of conversations about particular subject matter. So the second thing is that this is totally applied to your company. This is not some theoretical framework that we introduce. We only have one case study that's another company. Everything else is applying this to your company. So people walk away seeing what they're doing right, wrong, talking to other people in other companies, getting ideas from them. So it's very applied and very personal. Third is they are mixed up with other people, so they can kind of normalize what's going on, as I said earlier. And fourth, we use growth experts to teach the program who are people who have started, grown, and exited companies. Some of them have never been to uni. Some of them have PhDs from uni. 
But what they have in common is this knowledge about what to do, when, why, and in what order. And this ability to teach other people and to share, not war stories, but to share what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, what are the tune-ups that you need. And then to bring the team along in the program so you don't have to go home and convince the team for a new way of thinking. You and the team have come to the program. You've been inoculated with the new way of thinking. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yep. You stand up in front of people and say, this is what we're going to do differently between now and the next time we come back. And then we hold you accountable for that. And we look for a video telling us that you did that. Yeah. So you've got their buy-in from the beginning. That's very, very smart. So are businesses from specific industry sectors more difficult to grow than others? And if so, what industries have you found more challenging and why? Because our program is focused on building the organization and all aspects of an organization, in effect, organizational development, any company that actually doesn't need people is probably not a good fit with our program. In other words, if you're managing cattle and feedlot, there's not really a lot I can tell you about how to do that better. But if you are managing whatever it is that's the, the downstream of what happens to those products as they get made into something else and then they get sent to Woolworths and then they get sold to customers or they get exported somewhere else, it's the commercialization of the products that is where we're able to focus, not the original generation. So an R&D unit, possibly, if it's trying to develop a product, but just an R&D lab, our program would not be useful to them. So are the challenges you see businesses face today the same as the challenges you may have experienced in your own entrepreneurial ventures? And how are they the same or different? Well, there's this wonderful song, you know, the world will always welcome lovers as time goes by, right? There are some things that are a verity. <laughs> people are managing people, understanding what makes them tick, understanding how to enable them to perform at their best, understanding how to change yourself, how to manage yourself, how to manage your ups and downs. I remember my dad dealing with that when he had his little company and we're dealing with that now. So some of those things are the same all the way through. I think what's changed is a the amount of information that's now available to be able to grow your company. We have collected so much more data than my dad ever had as he was just looking at, you know, the costs and expenses and revenue, trying to figure out what to do about which products were profitable and not. So now we have tremendous amount of data because of the systems that we have in place. That's thing one. Thing two is things happen so much more quickly. So I think it's the velocity at which things are moving. I mean, it used to be if you had something that would go wrong, you had a chance to maybe correct it. Now it's out on social media. The whole world hears about it, right? Yeah. All the time you're still juggling those balls, but some of those balls turn out to be disasters much more quickly than others. So I think the speed, I think the amount of information, also the reach that we have in terms of communication. The good news is everybody hears about everything immediately. The bad news is Everybody Everybody hears about about everything immediately. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. (laughs) You emigrated to Australia from the US 10 years ago and chose Adelaide to be your new home. Why the move to Australia and particularly why Adelaide, where we welcomed you with open arms? Oh, well, thank you, Donnie. Yes. I think I fell in love with Adelaide the very first trip I made here, which would have been probably five years before I actually moved here. We came, I did a session for YEO, Young Entrepreneurs Organization, to which some YPOers were there. And they had said, if you come, 
I was doing some work in Auckland at the time and they said, they'll pay your way to Adelaide. I said, where is Adelaide? <laughs> and they said, they'll pay your way. They'll put you up overnight and they'll probably take you to the Barossa on the weekend. And Chuck <laughs> said, that's where we're going because Grange <laughs> is from the Barossa. <laughs> so my thread here is definitely the wine thread. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's a good story. So congratulations on receiving your Australian Financial Review 100 Women of Influence Award. That's an amazing achievement. And with such a successful international career, what has been the career defining achievement for you, Jana? That's an amazingly difficult question to answer because I have had... Because you've had many. Many of those. <laughs> I hope the most impactful thing that I will end up doing is having come to Adelaide and having done something that people thought could never be done, which is get people to believe that they can learn to grow and have a program that teaches them to do that. We did get funding to do that. And as we uncorked the champagne and stood around the table, people <laughs> said, will they come? <laughs> and they did. <laughs> We've had over 1,200 people so far taking our clinics from across the land across all of Australia. That is amazing. And talk about some of the other really successful metrics you've had with those 1,200 businesses. Ah, well, combat annual growth rates of almost 15% per year, over 10% for employees. I think the other thing I'm incredibly proud of is what has happened as they have grown. Four of the companies have sold and they're now back as growth experts working with us. Oh, great. Tomorrow, I'm taking a couple of companies who have sold to lunch at 11, and they're sharing their stories. And I just got word yesterday that another company has sold. And all of them come back to me, I guess, as their business mama to say, hey, we made you proud. <laughs> We're doing the stuff you told us to do, mom. <laughs> it's really pretty funny. I think we've got the podcast title, Business Mama. <laughs> Oh, Jana, it's been so wonderful to talk to you today. I knew it would be fun. You're amazing. I just love you. You're so inspirational. I want to be Jana when I grow up. No, no, I'm <laughs> thinking about you. I actually have the same thought. I want to be Donnie when I grow up. Oh. <laughs> oh, you're gorgeous. Thank you so much, Jana. Thanks for listening to Women on the Move, the Behind Closed Doors podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. To find out more about Behind Closed Doors, visit www.behindcloseddoors.com where you can find the full range of membership options. Women on the Move was recorded on Ghana lands and is a narrative network audio production.